Hello and welcome to the Feck It Fun Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. I'm Helly and I'm here to provide regular bursts of information and inspiration, some neuroscience applicable to eating disorder recovery, perhaps a few rants, but otherwise lots of positivity with a bit of a Feck It attitude, some fun and a sprinkling of fabulousness to help everyone find freedom in recovery. Good day to you all and welcome to this episode of the Feckit Fun, Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. I'm Helly and today is quite an exciting day for me because today my book, Addicted to Energy Deficit, is out for publication and is available to buy. So you should find it on most online book retailers, um, including of course places like Amazon and all the big names. So please If you like my work, if you enjoy my podcast, if you read my blog, then please consider supporting me, pick up a copy of the book, and I really, really hope that it goes some way to help you better understand the eating disorder that might be affecting you or your loved one, and in that way also help you understand what's needed to overcome the eating disorder. So in recent episodes, I have been talking a little bit more about the book and the concept of the book and the concept that is an addiction to energy deficit, which I now very much believe is what a restrictive eating disorder actually is. Today's episode then is bringing in or starting to bring in some of the neuroscience behind what an addiction to energy deficit is, what's happening in the brain when you have an addiction to energy deficit, an addiction to anything really. So when you consider eating disorders to be a form of addiction and a powerful addiction to the internal state of energy deficit, that's when you can begin to make sense of what's happening in the brain to drive the eating disorder and from that what then needs to happen to overcome it. So today I'm going to talk about what I call the deep learning model of addiction. And in the next episode, I'll be talking about the dopamine balance addiction model as well. So there's two different components to what's happening in the brain when somebody has an addiction. And today's episode, as I say, will just focus on one of those two components, which is the deep learning model. So deep learning is basically what's happening within your brain when it comes to habit formation and what we call neuroplasticity, which is your brain's ability to wire and rewire. So it's really important to understand as well that the deep learning model actually also highlights the fact that with any addiction, including restrictive eating disorders, there's nothing actually diseased happening within the brain. There's nothing about your brain that is diseased. An addiction is a form of deep learning. So it's brain-based learning that has occurred as a result of the very high reward response the eating disorder gave you to behaviours that led to energy deficit. And then that high reward response formed those behaviours quickly into very strong habits But habits can be unlearned. So you can unlearn old habits, you can learn new habits. 
So let's dive into this a little bit more deeply, so hopefully it will start to make a bit more sense. So what exactly is the deep learning model? Well, the deep learning model of addiction describes the processes that are occurring within the brain whenever someone forms any new habits that are, at least at first, highly rewarding. So engagement with an addictive drug. And so here, for people with restrictive eating disorders, you could consider energy deficit to be the drug that you're addicted to. So whenever you engage in energy deficit, it creates an increase in your brain's reward circuits, and that is largely based on the dopamine system. And this creates even greater feelings of desire for more of the drug and high levels of motivation to then pursue that. And at the same time that's happening, you also develop much less ability to engage your prefrontal cortex, which is usually responsible for judgment and decision making when it comes to pursuit of that drug. So when it comes to pursuit of energy deficit, your ability to engage your usual common sense judgment decision making can fall by the wayside. So usually insight, decision making and judgment are usually applied to the pursuit of goals to ensure that we achieve them safely and optimally. And that all happens within the prefrontal cortex and through pathways that then connect the prefrontal cortex to another area of the brain called the striatum, which is the brain area responsible for habit formation and behaviours. So when someone forms an addiction, the communication between the striatum and the prefrontal cortex breaks down when it comes to pursuit of the addiction. So then the behaviours become ingrained and automatic. And this results in the person losing perspective on the reality of their actions whenever their drug is on the horizon. And they become less capable of considering their own sense of future or whether pursuing the drug in that moment is actually worthwhile. And in that way, the constant pursuit of the drug leaves someone only able to think about the here and now in terms of obtaining that reward and much less capable of understanding or considering the longer term consequences of the action in that moment. And things that used to be attractive, such as family, social situations, or old hobbies, will also fall away to the point that with time, the synapses in the brain relating to the pursuit of those kinds of things are actually pruned out because they're not being used any longer. So some people argue that because the prefrontal cortex of people with addictions and it's been shown in people with eating disorders can be seen on brain images to be thinner than those without an addiction or without an eating disorder, then people argue that it shows that these are brain changes that reflect disease. But other people, other experts argue that these brain changes and the thinning out in the prefrontal cortex is actually just a brain that has become streamlined at pursuing its goals and that the brain will thin out and prune out unneeded connections and pathways as a healthy way to consolidate learning. So the brain will undertake the same processes in response to any 
highly rewarding learning. It's just that those that are considered unhelpful, such as addictions and eating disorders, become labelled a disease and you're labelled as having a diseased brain, whereas those that are considered acceptable or even applaudable, such as the pursuit of money or falling in love, which cause the same brain changes, aren't actually considered a disease. But the good news is that all these brain changes that have occurred through the deep learning processes of developing an eating disorder can be changed again as you overcome it. Your brain can unlearn old behaviours and develop new brain networks driving healthier pursuits. And that would be considered unwiring old habits and wiring in new ones. And the other positive point is that once someone consciously decides to pursue new behaviours to form new pathways and habits, if those pathways have been used in the past, so for example before the addictive disorder or before the eating disorder developed, then the brain is very likely to still have some wiring for it, which it can pick up again and follow with more ease each time. And additionally, when someone stops pursuing their addiction, and finds new goals to pursue, the brain thinning that's seen in the prefrontal cortex increases in volume again and does so to a point of crossing a baseline when compared to those who never had an addiction. So that would very definitely imply that the brain can recover in full and people can learn new habits that can further promote the decline of old networks used during the addiction. Therefore, the brain changes seen in addiction and eating disorders are not chronic. Your pruned synapses can be replaced and the brain can rewire and heal. So this deep learning model should offer you hope and allow you to trust that overcoming an eating disorder is very possible. The deep learning your brain has undertaken with the eating disorder which drives the compulsive and habitual eating disorder behaviours is powerful. But there's nothing fundamentally different in the way your brain works compared to the workings of any brain that's learned to pursue something that was initially very attractive and rewarding. And studies are showing that when a person does overcome an eating disorder, their brain function is the same as someone who never had an eating disorder at all. So that too should reassure you that even after years or decades of an eating disorder, your brain can function absolutely normally. So when you stop pursuing the habitual eating disorder behaviours and pursue the goals of eating without restriction and avoiding any means of compensation, your brain can and will create new neuronal networks and over time the old circuits driving the pursuit of energy deficit they are going to decline and that's something that many people talk about as the brain rewiring so i hope that that's given you some initial insight into what's happening in the brain when somebody has an addiction to energy deficit and a restrictive eating disorder in the next episode, I'm going to talk about the dopamine balance model of addiction as well, which is considering what's happening to the dopamine levels 
in the brain when you have an eating disorder or when you have an addiction and what needs to happen in order to overcome that side of the brain changes that might have occurred through the eating disorder as well. So otherwise, thank you for listening. I hope that this has helped and offered you a little bit of hope. And please consider picking up a copy of my book, Addicted to Energy Deficit, and you will find out more about the book, more about me on my website, hellybarnes.com. And otherwise, I will speak to you again very soon. Thank you for listening to the Feck It Fun Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. Don't forget, eating disorder recovery doesn't have to be boring and doesn't have to be serious. Now go and grab yourself some food and have a fabulous rest of the day.